0: Welcome to Global Outpouring.
1: I'm Philip Bus
0: and I'm Sharon Bus and we are coming to our second episode with David and Siggy Oblander where we're talking about freedom. Siggy grew up behind the Iron Curtain and has a unique perspective about what freedom really is all about. So to review from our last podcast, yeah. we have our dear friends Siggy and David O'Blander with us. And Siggy has been hmm, we've been friends for a long, 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 long time. And it was it was really Siggy's ministry that connected me to this ministry in the first place. And I'm I'm forever grateful for that. Siggy Tell us a little bit about what it was like for you as a little child. You talked about how you, how you smuggled. You went to, uh, across the border from East Berlin to West Berlin, and Berlin was like an island in the middle mm. of East Germany. You were surrounded by communists. You were told in school that the Russians were your friends, but they were mean to you, raped the women, lied, abused And then you were told that the Americans were evil, but when you went across to the West Side and the American soldiers were there, they would give you candy and treat you nice. And so you could tell the difference between truth and lies. That's
1: right. But one reason we could do it is because we were able to go into the West and experience things. Like my mom, she would make work in a household to clean once a week so that we could buy coffee because you have to remember we couldn't buy anything in the east, so everything was transported to Russia. Like we couldn't, we only had maybe once a week meat to eat. Mm-hmm. And we had to go over to my mother, worked in, a, in like a cleaning lady, so she would get a five marks so she could buy coffee. You couldn't buy any coffee in the east or anything like that. Was it dangerous to smuggle that? Yeah, it was. We, we, because they would just take it, they, they had every border, they would come out. I, I... But... I talk about with Christo we were the little smugglers and sometimes the Americans would send cheese and milk powder so mm. we would come to the west and we go there to the places where the Americans sent that because they had revival in church and mm. they realized they were going to bless the enemies which were we mm. and they blessed the enemies so you have to remember many of the people who sent the cheese and milk powder, their sons died in the war, mm. the, their in the, You know, I mean, they were affected with it, with the war. Wow! But the revival brought that ability to bless us, even so we were the enemies. And Auschwitz was just open, Dachau was open, the hate for Germans was great. People would spit at us if they, like we would go to France or anything like that people would spit at you. That's why hundreds and hundreds of Germans had to go through that process to overcome uh, that hate they felt, because hate has the ability to cripple you Mm -hmm. and to take your identity and bring shame. And we walked, many Germans walked in shame for many, many years. So when uh, we came to the West and the Lord was a revival hit America. Remember, that was the time when Billy Grahams and all mm-hmm. these great evangelists were preaching and uh, it would affect the nation. So they would send stuff to mm-hmm. Germany, wow. which, uh, which they just defeated. So w- when we would come into the crystal and I, we would go, we were maybe six and she, I was seven, she was four or eight or something like that she was three years younger and we would be the smugglers so we would go and we would get the milk powder there was a certain place we get the cheese And we come to the border and sometimes the soldiers come in, they take us out and they take everything away. Mm. So we would cry and we would go home because my grandpa and grandma was uh, affected from the war. They were malnutritioned and they uh, had open legs and everything from the starvation that they went through. Mm. So then I thought... I always looked, I said, there must be something within nobody can take from you. I always wanted that. I said, everything can, everybody can take things away from me. And then one day I got that revelation. I said to Crystal, two stops before the border, I said, let's Crystal, let's eat it. We just eat it. Let's bite the cheese, eat the cheese. Let's chew down the milk powder because everything we have in the stomach, they can't take from us. Well, that was a revelation. Yeah, that was a real revelation. <laughs> and that'll preach,
0: too. And so we
1: ate it, not because we were hungry, because we were hungry besides. But, but it became such a knowledge to me. That the things from within are more important, even as a child, than the things from without. Mm -hmm. That that which I have within me, nobody can take. And that became actually, you know, the kingdom of God is within us, amongst us. And you have to, these things you learn and the things God does in your life, you have to experience from within. Because otherwise, the circumstances of life will rob you of the very things you think you have, mm-hmm. and you cannot because the kingdom of God has to be lived out in our life. And I think this is the thing, uh, it's not that we had kingdom prospectus as children. But when I look back, I can see that my search started then. You know, the first time I was 15, I was escaping. We and we escaped. I became a mate because we had no place to live. I was one year long a mate. I cooked. I cleaned. I did everything. And then I immigrated. I was hardly 16. I immigrated to Canada. Mm. And I... Didn't know how to fit in this generation. I I didn't know how to have fun, and I would always think, well, now I'm that old, I would think, oh, I wished I'd be old now, and my life would be over, and Mm. my struggles would be over, and I longed to be old when I was young Mm. because I didn't want to go. To that process mm-hmm. of life because it was just and I actually was suicidal and everything and depressed and everything in life because you have to find your purpose of life mm-hmm. and when you strip of that purpose because I had not big education. I had no goals. I didn't know I had only one desire, and that was to be free. Now, how are you going to be free? How I'm going to get there that way? And so I only found my real freedom as Jesus came into my life. How did that happen? Well, it's because my brother, you see, I was 15, 16, 17. I um, was— in Canada. I went to Sweden. I lived there for a while. And then I came back to Germany. So I didn't know what to do. And one day I was 19. My brother came. He was in the 30s and God gave him a call to Germany. And he says, I want to be a missionary in Germany. Now he was a lovely man, but he was too lively for the Baptist and too, <laughs> s- too stiff for the Pentecostal. And he had no organization behind ah. him, so they did not really, uh, he didn't, uh, had no place to. What would you say, root, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, to be grounded? And I was the only one I got saved through him. I would come to him, and he would preach. I would see him pray in our little apartment, and I hear him cry, "Oh God, save my family! God, save my family!" And I was so unsaved. And uh, one night he came home and from preaching, and I said, "Ryan, I like to be a Christian." But I don't like Christians. Mm. I say all they live is they tell you what not to do. How is everybody going to tell me what to do? I don't want to just live in what uh, sin management, who are just managing my sins, and (laughs) I don't know how to live. And he said, "Sigi, you don't have to. You don't need to go to church. You can find Jesus now." And in that moment, I had such a tremendous experience of Jesus coming in my life. I was 19, 20 years old. He left Germany. I stayed in Germany. And I went three months, four months later, after my salvation, I went to Bible school, Hmm. Pentecostal Bible school. And they were reading. They thought I was three years saved. And they didn't realize I was only three months saved. Oh, my. So I got there and... It was another upheaval. <laughs> <laughs> and they saw the ugly swan arrive because I didn't know all the Pentecostal traditions. Oh. Because you're supposed to have long hair and no jewelry <laughs> and certain way you dress. And I didn't know. So I just got there and my hair wasn't yet long. And I dressed the way I dressed. And people came up to me and they said, well, you saying many are called but few are chosen. Oh. And they didn't think that I was the one who would be chosen. Oh, my. But I went to great, like a great uh, uh, trial because it was such an effect that every night for one year I had one dream every week. And that dream was that I was running. Now, you have to understand, I always were running. We always run from something when I grew up, from the Russians, from the police, from the spies, from everywhere. We're always running from somebody. So in my dream is natural. I'm running, and five dogs chase me, bloodhounds. Mm. So I'm running, and they're chasing me, and I'm sweating, literally. And uh, then I'm running, and they Catch up to me, and then I wake up and I'm soaking wet. Mm. So I'm dreaming this for about one year, once a week. Oh dear. So in the meantime, I'm t- they're teaching us, you know, I'm learning about the Bible, and I learned that the darkest in the Bible is not a pet, it speaks of uncleanness. Mm-hmm. So I said to the Lord, What is my dream? I want to see Jesus. Everybody had visions of Jesus. I have a vision of wild dogs wild dogs chasing me. And so one night I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm tired of running. I'm going to let the dogs eat me. Next time I'm dreaming it, I'm not going to run. And sure enough, I'm dreaming that dream. And in my dream, I remember that I said to the Lord, I'm not going to run. So I, the dogs come pursuing me, big, huge dog, bloodhound, and I turn around. My heart is beating. It affected my physical being. If heartbeat, my blood pressure must have been up, sweating, and I turn around, and I stand still, and the dogs start jumping, and I wake up, and I never dreamt the dream again. Wow. So I said to the Lord, what is that dream? What happened? He said, yes, Ziggy, you can't run away from your life. You have to face life. Overcoming is not run away from your circumstances. Right. You overcoming is to face it and mm-hmm. to overcome it. And there are many things I had to overcome in my life. And it was a process. It was not just one thing. God had to speak in your life to set you free from your sins and to set you free from your memory and to set you free from these things in your life. But it was the beginning. And I realized throughout my life, That you can't run from anything. You are what you are. That's why Jesus died. That's why he can give us freedom from our past, from our sin. If we run from it and we pretend we are not what we are, we can never be free. That's the truth. That's the truth. So how did you end up at a Pentecostal
0: Bible school? Wasn't there some other option?
1: No, I didn't know any other options. There was not many options in those days. In Germany's in the sixties. Yeah. I went from sixty five to sixty nine in Bible school. There was no option. Yeah. So I just decided I was going to go. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's why. Well, that's the reason. And I got three three days saved. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wow! With my sister together, we went into a little Pentecostal church off the street. We had miniskirts on, and we were really looked like. Way out there for the for the people, and uh, uh American evangelist was there they had a little a meeting in a little barrack. They don't even have a church wow. it was like a for the refugees and there was that evangelist who used to be a Hollywood reporter and God saved and his name was Harold Herman. And so he said, who wants the Holy Ghost? Now, I never heard of the Holy Ghost. And my sister and I, we were sitting in the front, and we didn't know that that whole Pentecostal church was waiting on the Lord already for days to receive the Holy Ghost. So I said to her, then I don't know what that is, but I said, it's the God. Why don't we just get it. So I raised my hand, she raised her hand, we want the Holy Ghost. We didn't know what it was. (laughs) So the evangelist comes to us and he says, I'm going to pray for you. And I just say, yeah. And I yielded to the Spirit and suddenly a fire came upon me and my sister. And I was we spoke and I had like a trance. We were speaking in the Holy Ghost. When we came to ourselves it was twelve o'clock midnight wow. and the whole church was empty. And her and I, we went home. So when I got home, I couldn't even, two weeks, I had to speak in tongues almost. So I hear my mum and dad speaking. They said, oh, we wanted to get Siggy saved, but not like that. <laughs> we don't know what happened to her now. My goodness, sister, my dad, I hear my dad say, well, let her take her to our church Uh Maybe she gets grounded. There's a Baptist church. So they asked me, they said, you want to come this Sunday? And I was just filled with the Holy Ghost two days, three days. Never heard a prophecy, don't know nothing about the Holy Spirit, nothing, nothing. They said, you come with us to Baptist church? I said, yes. I sit in a Baptist church at their sermon, and the Holy Spirit comes up on me, and I'm shaking. I said to my mother, I don't know what happened to me, but I think I had to prophesy. <laughs> and she screamed out, not here, not here. You can't prophesy here. I said, "Mama, I'm shaking like this. It's like, you know, now it's like you put a bulb in a, in a lamp. It shines. But this was like I put my finger in a socket. And I had a shock. <laughs> I was shaking. And then I said, I can't. And I was prophesying to see it the Lord. And it was silent there. my mother, after I was done, she took us on the side to her, and they got fired out of the church oh, because no. I prophesied. Yes, my dad was an elder. He got kicked out oh. and all these kind of things. So, But from then on, the Lord just used it. I didn't know about prophecy, but God just came, and he gave me a word, and, that's just how my journey started. And in between all that, that's when I met Gwen, you know. Mm-hmm. I was saved in 65 uh, or 64, 5 and I met her in 69. I met her in Canada. And I remember she was preaching, and I was with another lady there. And I was young. She comes up to me, and she said, Siggy, one day you're going to work with me. And in 1970 is when we did that. Ziggy and I trip where we smuggled Bibles into Czechoslovakia. Yeah. That's how God's ways are. I mean, mm. and you can see we were all interconnected when God moves. You know, he, yes. he just in- connected us all that to fulfill our life and our destiny. That's true. And it puts you in a place of freedom. Freedom, yeah. Yeah. So I think just to get, sk- that's what God's people, young people need now. Now I'm old. We're old, us too. <laughs> <laughs> old. You live, look at us. You will never think we lived that life. We're just two little old people, but God needs a generation now to deliver them like He delivered, deliver us. And I think one of the reasons God is raising up President Trump Because he has to deliver America from oppression. Mm -hmm. I thought the oppression comes, but it's already here. Yeah. It's already here. Because look at the media, the news, uh, the schools, and everything, every major power has has so. Antichrist yes, that, thinking.
0: That's really what it is. Yeah. This, this whole communism and. Antichrist. And it's yeah. really the Antichrist yeah. system.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, I heard somebody say recently that that every generation the devil has had someone in the womb for every generation to to be raised up to be the antichrist. Yeah, you're right. And uh, and so, hmm. you know, in that era, it it became communism. I'm I'm sure that Islam could also exactly. step up and be that. I'm sure that, you know, the Dalai Lama could could pull oh, together yeah. people and and make that happen. That, Absolutely. You know, there's there's many possibilities as far as that goes. And I see the devil like at the Card table, you know, and and he and his cohorts, uh, like like he's he's got he's got all of these different ones that could be it, yeah, and he's yeah. and he's he's hoping that among them he'll be able to get one of them planted it in to like be the agents. antichrist, yeah. yeah,
1: tools in his hand, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, to shake the nations, but Jesus has. Jesus has. He's the key. The, the, has the, the king. He's yeah. the
0: king. <laughs> he, he's always going to have the winning hand, Amen. even though it looks like the devil can, can do these things. And even, uh, well, I don't want to get into all of the, all of those kind of things. But I think what it boils down to is that it's time for this nation to return to its
1: roots. Absolutely.
0: I was uh, doing some research to write my prayer letter, my blog for this part of the month. And I discovered that all of these people that came from Europe as explorers, as people to set up a colony, they came with a Christian intention Christopher Columbus, when he came, he—I mean, he was the first one that we know of. I mean, there's some thought that maybe Leif Erikson had, but I haven't <laughs> haven't looked into him yet. But when Christopher Columbus came in 1492, the first place that he landed, he named San Salvador, which means the Savior. He he Ooh. named it for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And they were warmly welcomed by the natives, and the natives the natives really probably thought that they had come from heaven. And in a way they had, because they had more of the kingdom of heaven yes, in them, yes. even even though they didn't have a lot of the revelation that we have. Christopher Columbus said it was the Holy Spirit that led him, that showed him, that spoke to him and, and showed him from the scriptures about how to make this journey. And after they had exchanged some gifts with the natives, he said they got on their knees and they thanked God for the, for this journey. And then... He petitioned the king of Spain to send missionaries. He saw that these people had the, had the ability to become Christians. Mm. And so he saw that there was a need for people to come and learn their language and bring them into the kingdom. That was his heart, mm. okay? And things didn't play out that way. Yeah.
1: And especially
0: the people who are telling the history now are telling all kinds of other things. And other things did happen that shouldn't have happened. You know, uh, we're in trouble as a church because people have misrepresented Jesus. Yeah. Flesh fails. Yeah, flesh fails. (laughs) It's only when Jesus is leading that we have success. He said, without me, you can do nothing. So then when that was when the Spanish began coming to the New World. And eventually they brought missionaries. It was much later, really, that they brought missionaries. Then the French that were under persecution, the Huguenots, they were under persecution in France, and they came, Jean Ribault came and settled in what is now Jacksonville, Florida, Ooh. and they set up a colony. They, they were there for, I think, about three years. They were the ones that said, we have come here to have freedom from persecution, yeah, and I've we have you. come here to share the gospel with these people. <laughs> then you have the people that came to Jamestown from England. Reverend Robert Hunt was was the chaplain of that group that came first to that area that became Jamestown, and he planted a cross at what is called Cape Henry. He planted a cross that they brought with them from England, and he prayed this prayer, and he said that from these shores, the gospel will go not only to the people of this of this land, but to the nations of the world. And he and he talked with covenantal language that this is the purpose of their coming to this place, that England and this place would be sending missionaries and to, to the did, nations. America
1: did. Yeah, yes.
0: Yeah. And then when they came on the Mayflower 400 years ago, the uh, anniversary is coming up very shortly. When they came, it was a similar kind of thing. They wrote the Mayflower Compact to have a covenant to live by, to establish laws, and they talked about it being a covenant and that this would be a place where they would bring the gospel. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these are the roots of this nation, and that's what God is calling us back
1: to. Absolutely, He's
0: calling us to be set free, for us to have the freedom from this Antichrist yes. system People talk about a conspiracy. Well, the conspiracy comes from the devil himself. He's got a conspiracy. He's got an agenda to stop God's kingdom. But God has an agenda that's better. Amen. And his agenda is freedom. Amen. And Amen. and that's the reason why he made us free. And that move has to set people free to follow. Yes. Oh. So what do you see Coming as far as revival goes.
1: Well, we can see already a little bit when, when this brother feucht... Yes. You can see, I mean, how the young people and uh, how they're breaking out of the churches. I mean, the revival has to come outside the church, I think, in some ways. Yes. Because we're so set into it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an awakening of a whole generation that's going to come like it had done before. Yeah. What do you think? I think there's a great harvest that has to come. I was just reading uh, to uh, uh, Jane Little's book, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's so clear— about that, in the last harvest of the world, it has to come, God has going to pour out his spirit, and I believe we're living in those days where it's starting to happen and uh I don't think it's Armageddon yet, but I think we're a prelude to that, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, that we're going to see a lot of people's hearts, a lot of people' change that we didn't think could change. It has to come, it happened with us, it has to come in this generation,
0: yeah. Yeah. And when the Lord gave us the new name uh, yeah. about a year ago, you were the first one I talked with about yeah. it. Yeah. And he gave us this name global outpouring. We are contending for this outpouring because yeah. that's yeah. what he's promised. Yeah. He promised it in Joel 2:28. It was repeated in on the day of Pentecost by Peter. But what the Lord showed me recently was that that was a first fruits. Uh What came on the day of Pentecost and the whole book of Acts was a first fruits of this big harvest Mm. that we're we're facing right now, where the whole world, the whole earth will be reaped. The whole earth is going to have this opportunity to hear about Jesus Christ and to come to know him. Because that's what the new covenant is about. It's not just to save us from our sins. No. It's to... Write his word in our hearts and to know our father and be related properly to our father so that he can say of us, That's right. this is my yeah. beloved son in yeah. whom I'm well pleased. Yeah. You know, Jesus gives us his garment, his, his robe of righteousness so that we can walk in it. We can walk in him. We can be partakers of the divine nature. And I, the, the message of overcoming that you brought into this, into my life, you and, and Sister Gwen, brought that message of being an overcomer. Yeah. And that is my mindset.
1: Yeah. I you can, know, all
0: of the things that, that we face in life are are like hurdles yeah, for us yeah. to overcome, to go on in our race. And the more we overcome, the, you know, the greater the glory will be in our reward, life. And the reward, too.
1: Yes. The overcoming brings the reward.
0: Mm. It's true. Yeah. And it brings glory to God. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can just I can just see him kind of glowing and being proud of us when <laughs> yeah. we overcome, you know, like like you are with your kids.
1: You know, yeah, well, we have to run the race to win. It's true. Yeah.
0: It's true. And it's worth running the race. Yes. You know, you mentioned that you had had this depression and you were suicidal. And those were things that were that were being sent to you to keep you from ever becoming what you became. Yeah. And, and yeah. coming into your destiny.
1: But it's the emotional impact is so powerful in your life, you know, that it takes over your thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think many—we had a big meeting— um, last year or a year before, and they, before we had a conference or something, and they had a, a called purity convention, mm-hmm. about 900 young people, and they speak about sex and all these things, how to cope in this modern society. And they said that they talked, they asked them how many of these kids, uh, tried to commit suicide and depressed. They say about out of 900, 400 raised their oh. hand. Yeah. Oh my. That's the generation we have to reach. Yes. So they have a purpose to live, you yes. see. That's the thing. And so in the name of the
0: Lord Jesus Christ, yes. we pray right now. Yes. Yes. And we contend yes. in the spirit for yes. this outpouring yes. on the young people yes. especially. Yes. But not just the young people. Everyone that's alive in this generation. Yeah. Father, mm. we ask you in the name of Charaba Jesus Christ that you will Santaya. pour out your spirit yes. now. Yes. Now, Lord. Even, even if there's there's not. We, Lord, we ask you to, to raise up wor- workers and laborers. To yes, go into Lord. your harvest fields. To reap this harvest. But, Father, where there's not a, a reaper, Lord, where there's not someone that's going to sow and reap, Lord Jesus, we ask you to appear to people in visions and dreams. Yes, Lord. Visit them, Lord. Visit them and show them the truth, and the truth will make them free. Amen. 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 If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the good news of God's global outpouring. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, connect with us, get a link to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. You can browse our online bookstore for amazing anointed material. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss.
1: And I'm Philip Buss.
0: God bless you with his overwhelming loving presence.